Oh, praise the Lord. It's good to be together again. Hallelujah. Well, we continue today with our series, The Work of Christ, and today we'll be speaking about our priest. Last week, we spoke about the work of Christ on the cross, the work that Jesus did through his sinless life and his death on the cross. If you missed that, please go to one of our platforms and listen or watch that message. We saw that Jesus did many great works while he was on the earth. Uh, he demonstrated to us what the Father was like, and uh, He brought Father's Word to us. Although He was tempted, He lived a sinless life. But the great work that Jesus came to do was to put away sin by the sacrifice of Himself. Sin separated man from God. By dying to fulfill the heavenly demand for justice, man now has access to God. The finished work of the cross is the basis for His present and His future work. There is a past work that Jesus did. He came into this world to save sinners. He came humbly. He lived a sinless life. He showed who and what the Father was like. He gave His followers a new way of living. He died a sacrificial death to pay the price of the sins of the world. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. On the cross, the Lord God gave the body which had been prepared for Him, the body which He took in incarnation. On the cross, that body died. It was the only part of him which could die. But that broken, disfigured, dishonored, abused body could see no corruption. It was written. And so he arose from the dead. The mighty power of God opened the grave and raised Jesus from the dead. It is the same power which works in us who believe. We read in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe? That's you and I. According to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in the heavenly places. You see, it was God who raised Jesus up and also who gave Him glory. 1 Peter 1.21 says, Who through Him, through Jesus, who believe in God, who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory, such your faith and hope are in God. Yes, we believe in God through Jesus. God raised Him up. God gave Him glory. Now, the resurrection of Jesus was God's answers to His prayers. We read in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, who in the days of His flesh, when He had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to Him, was able to save Him from death, and was heard because of his godly fear. You see, this took place in Gethsemane, where Jesus prayed so intensely and vehemently that blood flowed from his pores. The answer to the prayer and tears of Jesus came from God on the morning of that first day of the week. 
the resurrection of Jesus from the dead was the amen of God to the triumphant shout that Jesus gave on the cross when he said, it is finished. By raising Jesus from the dead, God set his seal of approval to the work of Christ on the cross. God declared that the work that was demanded by his holiness in his righteousness had been fulfilled. Sinful mankind can now be legally and rightfully acquitted from God's judgment because the requirements of justice had been satisfied by his own sin who paid the full penalty. Now, it seems that God was so eager to show his approval of the work of Christ on the cross that he could not wait until the third day. As soon as Jesus finished his work of redemption, he rent that veil in the Holy of Holies at the temple. That veil which hid the holiest place in the temple from mankind. God rent that veil from top to bottom, showing that he, the holy God, could now be approached by man. Man's freedom, forgiveness, and righteousness had been bought by a high price. And now they could enter the holiest place by the blood of Jesus and be at home with him in the presence of a loving father. You see, out of the grave, Jesus arose with the body that he had taken on in incarnation. That body that, according to scripture, could not see corruption. He lived the grave in a body. It was not just a spirit, a phantom, but a tangible body. The nail prints were still seen on his hands and feet. The side showed the place where the spear had entered. It was in this body that he appeared to the disciples and others. But although it was the same body it was also a glorified body. It had been radically changed. The body would never get sick again. That body would never die again. It was now an eternal body. Such a body you and I will receive one day at the return of Jesus or the resurrection of the dead. We shall put away this body filled with weakness and receive a glorified eternal body. Then the process of salvation, which is in progress now, will be completed. It was in this glorified body that Jesus left earth and entered heaven itself. We can only imagine the celebration at his triumphant return to his eternal dwelling place. The highest place was given to him who died on the cross for above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. There he is now, the man in glory. Jesus Christ is present in a glorified human body in heaven. There is a man <laughs> in heaven. Church, be aware that there are those who deny this great truth of the bodily presence of Christ in heaven. There are those who teach that his resurrection was a spiritual one. 
There are those who teach that Jesus lives today only by his words, the teachings that he left. This is false teaching. It is a lie, denying the past and present work of Jesus Christ. And such thoughts must be rejected. So, now that he is in heaven, what is his present work? His work of redemption is finished. So, let us turn our attention to his present work. First, He is in the presence of God as heir of all things. Hebrews chapter 1 verses 2 and 3 says, He has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He, God the Father, has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds, who being in the brightness of His holy and express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power, When he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Notice a few facts in this verse. Jesus is here of all things. Through him, the worlds were made. He is the express image of God. Remember he said, if you see me, you have seen the Father. He upholds all things. He upholds life in the universe by the word of his power. He sat down at the right hand of God. This again confirming that his work on earth was finished. Jesus is the upholder of all things and all things consist by him. Colossians 1 verses 16 and 17. For by him, by Jesus, All things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. (laughs) This great universe with its innumerable stars and suns and galaxies, is under his control. It belongs to him. He was in control before he came to earth, and now that he's back in heaven, he's still in control. Think of it. There is a man (laughs) in charge of the universe. A man is running the universe. In him, all things consist or exist right now. A man is keeping this universe in motion. (laughs) He is in charge of the heavenly hosts. Think of the angels and the heavenly hosts. Because of his inheritance, the man Jesus has been made so much better than the angels. Again, Hebrews 1 and verse 4 this time. Having become so much better than the angels, as he has by his inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. You see, the angels are under his control and he sends them forth and uses them in his divine dealings with people and situations on the earth. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 13 and 14 says, But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they, the angels, not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister, in other words, to serve, For those who will inherit salvation. So, 
to no angel has been given the honor to sit at the right hand of God. This is the position of Jesus. And as such, he rules over the hosts of heaven. Notice that he sends the angels to minister, to help or serve those who will inherit salvation. That is, those who are his. Listen, we do not know and we are not aware of how many times our, in our lives these angelic hosts held back attacks and the wrath of the enemy around us. You see, there is an active spiritual world around us. And Jesus sends forth his angels on our behalf. But the main work of Jesus that he does today is the work of being a high priest. He is our priest. He is our high priest. He's there on behalf of his people. As high priest, he is the mediator between God and man. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. This service he carries out for those for whom he died and those that by personal faith have put their trust in him as their Savior. In in Psalm 32, we find a, a reassuring and a comforting word for those who have come to the Lord and whose transgressions have been forgiven. Psalm 32, 5. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. This is so reassuring. Do not hide or excuse your sin. Acknowledge your sin to the Lord. What is the result? You forgave my iniquity. And here is the comforting word, verse 8 of Psalm 32. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. (laughs) A better translation is, I will guide you with my eye on you. Or I will guide you as I watch you. Think of it. The all-seeing eyes of God who follows every planet. He sees the depths of the universe, which never slumbers nor sleeps. His eyes rest on us, upon me, and upon you individually. He is occupied with us. His eyes sees every bird that falls. His eyes looks at your head and knows how many hairs you've got in your head. And if he sees the sparrow, how much more will he see and care for you? Listen, the millions of people who have lived and died, who passed through this life and are now at home with him, each one of them, they were each individually objects of his care. Many of them may have had difficult lives here on earth, just like many of you may be having a difficult life right now. But now, Each one of them is aware of just how much Jesus was a part of their lives as mediator. Now they know that although it may have seemed that they were alone at times, Jesus was always there watching them, directing his angels. And now they are enjoying the fruit of their faith and trust in Jesus. And so will we one day. 
His other work as high priest is as an intercessor. Hebrews 9, 24 and 20 to 28. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. So we see here that the Holy of Holies in the temple on earth was a copy of the real thing in heaven. Verse 25, not that he should offer himself often as with the high priests when they enter the most high place every year with the blood of another. He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, listen, once at the end of the ages, he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. You see, in the earthly holy of holies, the high priest had to enter every year with fresh blood of yet another lamb to atone for the sins of the nation. Every year, he had to repeat that. So Jesus was not doing what the high priests did. Otherwise, he would have to suffer every year, suffer continuously. No, with his one sacrifice, he entered the Holy of Holies in heaven. And once for all, he paid the price of sin for all mankind. Let's continue reading verse 27. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment, so Christ has offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time, apart from sin, for salvation. Note that man dies once and then he is judged. No reincarnation. No second life or second chances. This life you have here is the only one you're going to get before you are judged by God's standards. But Christ has died for our sins. So we who put our trust in Him do not have to fear any judgment. Note in verse 28 that although Christ paid the price for the sins of humanity, it says that He has suffered to bear the sins of many, not of all. It says that he will appear a second time, but only for those who eagerly await him. You see, although the price for all has been paid, only those who receive his gift of salvation will enjoy the eternal benefits of salvation. I I trust and pray that every one of you watching and listening today has accepted what Jesus offers. I hope you have put your trust in Jesus, in the work that he finished on the cross. If you have not done so, I invite you to put your trust in him today. Do not delay. Hebrews 7, 25. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Since he always lives, to make intercession for them. He always lives. He is alive. He will not die like the Old Testament priests. Once you come to God, Jesus is able to save you completely as He stands in God's presence for you. You see, some of us 
And we come to Jesus with a lot of baggage from our days as rebels, our days as sinners, hardcore sinners, you know. We bring with us our foul language, bad attitudes, self-damaging habits and lifestyles, twisted and unbiblical beliefs and worldviews. <laughs> when we put our trust in Jesus, we are saved. But it'll take a while for us to be changed into that which Jesus wants us to be, to that He wants to see in us. And here is where this intercession comes in. Jesus does not give up on us. He will continue His work in us and for us. He's able to save us to the uttermost, to save us completely. <laughs> Some of us need radical changes, and He is able to do that. Just like the work of Christ is in progress, so our salvation is in progress. We were saved when we put our trust in Him. We are being saved as we are being changed in our thinking and choosing as we learn more from Him. And we will be saved when we have our glorified bodies and live eternally in His presence where there is no sin, no death. Hallelujah. In the meantime, you may have to deal with condemnation from the enemy. This may be a direct spiritual attack or the enemy may trap people into accusing you on his behalf. You need to be on guard. Romans 8:34 says the following, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Hallelujah. So our focus is on Jesus in what He says, what He has done, and what He is doing. He is making intercession for us. This does not mean that Jesus is on His knees before the Father entreating the Father on our behalf. No, 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 no. He is sitting at the right hand of God. That is a sign of power. And as we have seen, He is exercising His power. All that is needed to make intercession for us is His presence there. When the Father sees the scars on His body, His blessings flow to all those who have put their trust in Jesus. When the Father looks that you and I, in our crude attempts to live a holy life, He sees the wounds of Jesus and extends His blessing. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for the work that you are doing today. We are going to stop here today and continue next Sunday, where I finalize speaking about the present work of Christ and touch briefly on the future work of Christ. Yes, the work of Christ is going on. He is not sitting down doing nothing. Our salvation is also progressing. It is a process. As His work progresses, so does our salvation until its glorious culmination. We're going to close in prayer. And as I said just now, I trust and pray that every one of you watching or listening today has accepted what Jesus offers, salvation, eternal life, 
forgiveness for our sins. I hope that you have put your trust in Jesus, in the work he finished on the cross. If you have not done so, I invite you to put your trust in him today. Do not delay. Do it now. Amen. Let us pray. Once again, Lord Jesus, we we exalt your name. Thank you, Lord, for your present work for us right now. So many times you're not, we may not even be aware of what is going on, Lord, of angelic interventions around us, of the things that you are stopping happening to us by your intercession, by your mediation. Thank you, Lord, that because of the work you've done and the work you're doing right now, We can have assurance of salvation. We can live this life on earth. We can be changed, hallelujah, progressively changed because of your work, your present work in us. Thank you, Lord, that we can rest assured that all is good with our universe because you are in charge. Lord, help us to stay faithful to you until we see you face to face. In Jesus' name. Amen. Stay faithful to him. I'll see you next week as we conclude this series. God bless you.